Hello and welcome to another episode of Building Success, a real estate podcast. My name is Nick and I will once again be your guide as we talk to some of the best and brightest in the world of real estate tech, operations, and financials from across the globe. This podcast would not be possible without listeners like you, so if you like what you hear and want to hear more of it, please consider liking and subscribing to Building Success on iTunes, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. All of that helps move us up in the rankings and lets us know how well we are doing. So today I am joined by Matt Ehrlich from Experian and Aaron Durkee from MRI Software. And today the topic is fraud and specifically fraud in the real estate industry. However, we do dive into personal fraud, fraud in tech, digital advancements in protection against fraud, as well as some of the ways that maybe tech is actually contributing to the fraud issue. Um, Really good discussion with two really bright individuals on the topic. So have a listen and let us know what you think. Without further ado, here is Aaron Durkee and Matt Ehrlich. Well, welcome, gentlemen, and thank you for joining me today. Uh, if you could, to get things started, uh, both introduce yourselves. Let's uh, start with you, Matt. Hi, this is Matt Ehrlich. I am the Senior Director with Experience Fraud and Identity Solutions. I've been with Experian uh, 10 years now, uh, all of that time in fraud and identity, and I work with, uh, with clients, uh, with partners like MRI, and uh detecting the latest fraud trends and creating solutions and launching products on how to defend against them. And uh, hello, my name is Aaron Durkee. I'm a director at MRI Resident Check. Resident Check is MRI's uh, software's tenant screening SaaS solution uh, for the multifamily industry. I'm responsible for product management, operations, and client support. And in all three of those areas, we're uh, concerned and focused on making sure that uh, we help clients uh, protect against fraud. And so fraud is definitely what we're here for today. I'm glad. Nice segue there, Aaron. Um, And before we kind of dive into the topic and really dive into the topic of fraud and real estate, I, I wanted to start on what is happening in general with with fraud in the technology space. And technology's obviously been advanced to make things easier, but That also requires a lot of protections. And one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast is because there's a lot of news stories about companies that are getting under pressure for not having the protections in place to help prevent fraud. So just as a general overview, and I'm looking more towards you, Matt, if if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us an overview of what's happening in the market. Sure. And I'm going to start, I'm going to start fairly big picture, uh, but then we'll zero in on uh, some of what we're uh, hearing and seeing uh, around real estate and, and online leasing. And I know uh, Aaron can comment on that as well. Um, so some of the biggest fraud trends, uh, you know, currently and then over the last couple of years have been around first-party fraud and uh, the term synthetic ID, which is uh, usually categorized as a type of first-party fraud. Um, real quick, uh, I'll use the industry terms, things like first-party fraud and third-party fraud. Uh, uh, try to not overuse those, but first-party fraud is true-party fraud, so that means uh, I, Matt Ehrlich, am, am committing the fraud 
versus a third-party fraud, which is what um, most everybody knows and sees in the media as identity theft. So uh, I'm a criminal and I've st stolen Aaron's identity information and perhaps his credit card information, and now I'm posing uh, online as him to, uh, to, to commit fraud. So those are the differences, and I, I think it's important because, again, the trend we're seeing um, broadly across multiple industries, in, including in real estate, is, is this first-party fraud where it's the actual person, um, and they're, they have an intent. They have an intent to never pay uh, or to make their uh, first payment default, and those, again, are some terms from the industry. Um, but what they're doing, and their uh, credit usually suffers for it, um, but they're, they go in with an intent never, never to pay or not make their payments. That's what makes it a little different than your typical credit default uh, or, or bad debt. And uh, a lot of our clients struggle to, to define those and categorize those correctly. Um, synthetic idea is even more insidious because uh, we have fraud rings that um, are now creating fictitious identities, and these identities are usually either a combination of real and fake information. So the real information could be an address uh, that, the, that the criminal controls, um, but the social security number uh, is either stolen or dormant, uh, the name, maybe the date of birth are all created. And what the goal is, is they get that, that identity substantiated throughout the financial services system throughout our country, whether that's uh, getting added as an authorized user to someone's credit account and ultimately a, uh, a credit profile created for them or opening credit cards and other lending instruments in their name, the goal is they uh, have that identity look like a real customer. This all becomes important when you think about the, the digital experience and you know, as online leasing for multifamily, um, are, they're growing that digital experience, driving um, due to customer pre preference more and more uh, applicants online for that holistic experience of, of reviewing properties and options all the way through the, the leasing experience, application experience, um, that the risk goes up substantially because uh, these synthetic IDs are, are being used uh, in that experience. There's less face-to-face -face interaction or over-the-phone interaction, uh, and you know they have consumer preference on their side. So uh, consumers want to deal through mobile or through chat uh, or completely online, and so. It gets harder to pick up those signals and tells that something suspicious is going on. So, some of the things I've heard specifically in the in the industry uh, is an anecdote about um, a particularly proper uh, property manager who was offering a promotion to offer. I think it was two months or three months uh, free with with their assigned lease for an extended period, and so um, uh, a synthetic ID was used and. And there was a real person behind it, but it wasn't their information all, but it was used to, uh, to apply for and, um, and sign that lease. They took ownership uh, uh, of the property and uh, moved out right before the, uh, the promotion or free period expired. And so they, they hadn't made any payments because their payments were due to start you know, approximately 90 days after, 
uh, after they took possession. And so, uh, you know, the property manager in this case was left without um, left without any money and no way to trace that person or collect on it. So um, that's some of what we're seeing and, and some of those drivers that are uh, uh, in the industry and creating these both opportunities and challenges. And, and I would reiterate that particularly in the multifamily space, uh, we're seeing our clients either in the last couple of years, uh, they've launched a portal, uh, a place for applicants to come and apply online. Uh, again, make that much easier to uh, view the properties and apply. So there's an important piece of convenience associated with increasing occupancy. Uh, but at the same time, that is where the increase in bad debt has come over the last couple of years. Um, depending on the studies that you see and what we're seeing in our client base, uh, even just a couple of years ago, uh, 10 to 15 percent of applications were accepted online. And just in the last two years, that's grown to 20 or 30 percent. And it's no coincidence uh, that those two are cause and effect. Uh, that increase in the online activity is what's really increasing the bad debt. And uh, we got to get a better view, a peek into how much of the bad debt is coming from fraud. Um, that just gave some great examples of moving in with no intent to pay. Uh, other examples we've seen uh, go so far as to uh, use other technologies such as Airbnb uh, to go ahead and never move in, but then make money off of uh, uh, renting that uh, unit out for a day or a weekend. And of course, uh, increase the chances of damages that go with that. So with technology and the portals, we've definitely seen have been a, a big advancement for some of these multifamily communities. Is technology in general, is it, is it helping to, to mitigate fraud or is it the main driver contributing to fraud? Well, I would say it's both. Um, it's a little bit of a cat and mouse game that uh, we've seen played out uh, with spammers and anti-spam services. Uh, in the same kind of game that's played with the uh, uh, the bad actors that create viruses and malware and all of the companies out there that uh, uh, want to uh, prevent those viruses and that malware through their antivirus services. So the fraud is being proliferated by changes and advances in technology. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we have technology solutions that uh, can actually detect that. And that's why it can be real important to uh, partner with an innovative tenant screening provider that uh, is also partnered with a uh, leader in the fraud uh, prevention and ID uh, best prevention industry to stay ahead of that cat and mouse game. And I would agree with Aaron, and, and I would say it's, it's both. Um, you know, there's uh, technology is definitely contributing to fraud. Um, creating more vulnerabilities um, in the race for having the best, uh, you know, customer experience, right, for reviewing properties, uh, applying online, um, uh, you know, shopping, all of the, the full-service um, portals. Uh, what you're doing is using technology to create all those great features, but if attention is not given to um, ensuring that identity up front, and using technology to detect, um, uh, you know, signs and signals that something may be fishy, 
then you're you're exponentially creating uh, increasing your your risk. So um, you know a, a good example, right, is that we have the ability to understand um, where a device like a PC, a mobile phone, or a tablet where that's originating from um, using the IP address, the, the language, and others. Uh, it's very customer experience friendly, so there's not uh, really anything that the, the customer or consumer themselves need to do, um, but it can be used to understand if perhaps um, a uh, online inquiry or transaction is originating, say, outside the United States. Um, or from a, a very risky region of the world, which uh, may be legitimate, but it, it may or may not, uh, uh, it may be, be fraud as well. And so um, I think those are some of the tools that uh, as an industry um, need to be considered as that uh, digital experience is built out further um, uh, to use as protections. So what is it that property management companies should be concerned with? Well, the obvious one there, uh, Nick, is fraud dollar losses. Um, that's they're they're going to lose out on um, um, you know actual costs related to synthetic IDs, ID theft, uh, first party fraud. Um, but there's some other uh, you know risks and and I think concerns, things like property damage and eviction expenses. Right, if they haven't done the due diligence to ensure they have. The person that who they say they are is upfront and early on in that in that process. Um, the you know the, the bad debt and credit write-offs and the cost of identifying and supporting and reporting on those uh, certainly as a, a byproduct of that first-party fraud. Um, and then you know something else to think about too, maybe more long-term is you know reputational risk or damage. Um, could there be damage to the to the brand in the industry uh, if they have enough fraud or um, perhaps make it into the media uh, as a as a story about uh, an ex, you know experience or uh, uh, leasing gone wrong? Uh, and, and I agree with Matt uh, spot on with the uh, what the, the risk is is to the bad debt and we referenced before in particular when uh, bad debt rises understanding uh, what component of that is due to fraud uh, it's real important to uh, understand the difference between the traditional credit risks and uh, those that don't have the intent to be fraudulent and those that do whether it's a, a first party or a third party and also added uh, to some of those risks, uh, just depending on how you look at your bad debt, uh, lost occupancy. Uh, clearly, if you had a uh, good tenant in there, uh, you would have been uh, collecting the rents uh, during that time that uh, the fraudulent activity is going on. And then uh, you end up spending twice as much money on marketing dollars now that uh, you've gone through uh, the eviction process and you've written off that bad debt, uh, you need to uh, fill that with a good tenant and you're going to spend twice as much on your marketing dollars in order to make that happen. So you've both mentioned there's there's new tools that are emerging. What what all is there that that needs to be considered to, to deal with all of these these growing fraud trends? So uh, 
I wanted to share a statistic as we'll talk about kind of the current tools and approaches and what's emerging and the newer tools that are available and starting to be evaluated and adopted. But Experian did a global fraud and identity report this year in February, and we surveyed over 5,000 consumers and over 500 businesses to get perspectives from both the consumer as well as businesses and organizations on the state of fraud. And one of the things that we asked them was about the authentication and security measures and how important it is to them that those have little or even no impact on consumers and their interactions with their customers. And probably not surprising, but it was 75% of those businesses surveyed want advanced authentication and security measures that have a little or no impact on their digital customer experience. And so I share that because we'll talk about what the most commonly used fraud tools and tactics are today, and then I think what you'll hear and see is that these emerging tools play exactly into that. There is a trend towards strength in these tools that help prevent fraud and do a better job of identification and risking, but don't require much, if anything, from the customer, potential customer applicant themselves. So I think that's overall good news. So what's being done most commonly today, particularly in online leasing and multifamilies and the portal experiences, the credit report is being used. The fraud tools and information that's available on the credit report is by far the most common. So these are things like experience is called fraud shield indicators, but it's common for all of the bureaus to have some type of alert that alerts to high-risk conditions. If we've seen a Social Security number that's been used more frequently for someone else or if there's an address mismatch, the one that the applicant is is using versus what we have as their best address on file. Those are solid, reliable, workhorse fraud tools, but what they don't provide is some of the sophistication or the holistic view that helps balance risk and trust. And so often those alerts, the challenge is, well, finding what that next step is and how do I clear those. Maybe it means going back to the customer and asking for some additional documentary verification, which, again, as we think about the importance of customer experience, that the fewer interactions, the less friction, the better, right? But those are still working well. I think as Aaron and I both talked about where technology is growing and we're going to see further enablement of the digital experience and even more features and activities driven online or through mobile, some more sophisticated tools are needed. So emerging tools, things like device intelligence, which is the example I gave earlier about understanding from where the device that's accessing the website or coming through a mobile app, where that's originating from. There are a lot of other characteristics that can be used from that device that don't require 
anything from uh, from the customer applicant themselves. And to be clear, these are all all privacy compliant. We're not talking talking about doing anything um, uh, you know shady or that the the consumer themselves hasn't hasn't agreed to. Um, document verification is um, one of high interest uh, from the industry. Um, this offers the opportunity for the applicant to um, use their, their smartphone to take a picture of the front and the back of their driver's license or their passport, some other uh, uh, legal document uh, identifying them. And then uh, those images are used and uh, scanned for validity and uh, for tells around potentially being counterfeit. And I think one of the most interesting uh, parts of that is uh, the picture on the document, such as on your driver's license, um, is compared with um, a selfie that's taken by the applicant. And that uh, biometric facial recognition and comparison becomes yet, a, yet another tool uh, for identifying that goes beyond sort of what we do today. Um, so certainly um, you have to think about that in terms of the customer experience. You know, is that right for every single applicant online? You know, perhaps not, but uh, where risk warrants um, or to, to drive even more of a, a digital experience for, uh, say, millennials and, and the generations that prefer that, that might be a great tool to have in the, in the tool belt. And, and I would uh, reiterate three of those real important points that Matt just made that are particularly uh, relevant to the multifamily industry, uh, leasing friction. Uh, we know how hard it is and how many marketing dollars are spent in order to get those uh, applicants, those potential tenants, those prospects to that portal. And we want to make sure that there is a, a high conversion rate associated with that. And uh, a lot of the technology solutions that include things such as uh, asking for an additional uh, password or asking for uh, additional knowledge-based questions uh, that, again, um, you come across in other industries, which, which are good tools, uh, but they slow the process down. They create some friction. They increase the chances that the uh, prospect is going to abandon. And so by bringing some of these additional technology solutions to bear, uh, it's a real important point that uh, Matt just mentioned. Uh, document verification would be the second uh, piece that Matt just mentioned uh, and would also extend that into uh, both the income and the employment verification, a very important piece in the multifamily is uh, verifying that income and verifying employment, uh, increasing the chances of uh, being a good tenant and, and paying rent on time, bringing those technolo technology solutions to bear uh, to authenticate those. Uh, very easy way to uh, doctor various different IDs. Uh, it really is uh, just taking a bank statement or a pay stub uh, and uh, using uh, Photoshop uh, to, to alter the, uh, the dollars associated with it. And all of a sudden the rent to income is off and uh, uh, you've got to increase chance that uh, you're going to have bad debt associated with that. And the uh, Technology can detect those types of uh, uh, markups, if you will. Uh, and then I'll go back to something I've mentioned uh, associated with the bad debt. Um, it, we understand that it's there. Uh, we want to keep that as minimal as possible. Um, but we do need to, and we see the value in creating a white paper that really helps 
us understand how much of that bad debt is from fraud and how much it is from more in the traditional sense. So really bringing data analysis to bear um, on the bad debt and, and, and understanding and being able to differentiate those different write-offs that were associated with fraud. So with all of these trends and all the things happening right now, what is it that leasing staffs can do today to protect themselves? Well, we can go back to uh, the good old-fashioned tried-and-true uh, old-school methods, if you will, of making sure that uh, we get all of the required fields, getting the first name, getting the middle name and the full middle name, uh, the last name, the date of birth, the social security number, the driver's license, and in particular, verifying that uh, identification. And another important piece, along with the technology that we've mentioned that will do that verification of that ID, is to partner with a tenant screening provider that has a team of professionals that can do the ID verification. Turnover in site personnel in the multifamily industry is very high. Uh, leasing agents and property managers change frequently, and they're not exactly expected to be experts on ID verification. So having a tenant screening provider that has that uh, ability, that subject matter expertise to offload that from the site personnel uh, is a very important piece of what just can be done today. And I'll add, I'll add to that. I um, what I like uh, about what Aaron said is you know that partnering with a with a tenant screening provider that uh, is forward thinking uh, about fraud and identification. Often, um, you know the the authentication of the the uh, applicant or customer is as an afterthought. Um, there's a lot of focus, as Aaron has mentioned, on, on the marketing, on uh, driving. Uh, you, you know, driving prospective customers uh, to the, the website or to download mobile. Um, and so, you know, that, that afterthought of, well, how do I properly identify who, who I'm interacting with uh, on the other side is, is an afterthought. So um, I, what I would recommend uh, additionally is, you know, some of those sort of tried and true and, and old school methods can be applied online, right? So. Uh, ensuring you're you're collecting all of the information uh, and all of the information that can be used as part of the uh, identity assessment and and fraud risking. Uh, so as much information, personal item, identifying information that can be collected is very helpful in that. Um, and then generally take a risk-based approach. And so uh, we recommend this uh, across a number of industries, and I think it's applicable here. Um, and essentially that means uh, apply additional scrutiny um, or challenges uh, to, to the identity and, and the online experience, or it can even be face-to-face, -face, but do that when risk warrants. Um, and that elevated risk uh, can come from uh, a gut feel that something is, is fishy. Um, or often information that is, uh, you know, incorrectly entered on the website, or social security numbers that uh, checks that don't uh, don't pan out. Um, I think listening to those, um, collecting data that can be used empirically over time uh, to know when it's associated with fraud or something suspicious, and then uh, again elevating the um, the level of identification or authentication required. Um, on, on those occurrences. And so the result is you're not, 
you're not making it difficult for everybody that comes through, but really just a, a small subset of, uh, of customers or, or online transactions where there's risk warranted or there's some type of tell that suggests you know, something isn't right. And, and that approach uh, optimizes right the experience for the, the legitimate customers, um, but makes it harder for, for those um, customers that are, or, or criminals or, that are not who they say they are. One last question for you guys. What, what can property managers expect when it comes to fraud and the advancements in technology? Well, one thing they can certainly expect is, is increased risk and new and unique uh, forms of fraud uh, you know, appearing in, um, in multifamily industry and, and online leasing and the, the online experience. We know from experience that, that fraud migrates and shifts uh, to different areas. Um, it is industrialized. There's a whole uh, you know, fraud uh, economy on the, the dark web uh, where information is bought and sold and traded and, and shared, and it's specialized. And so um, what we saw with uh, the, the U.S. moving to um, uh, different liability within credit card payments and merchants, which for consumers that meant uh, they got new credit card issues issued to them that now had um, uh, a chip in it, well, that took away point-of-sale counterfeit fraud. It's greatly reduced the amount of uh, card counterfeit fraud um, at the merchant's point of sale. Does that mean the criminal rings and fraudsters just gave up and, and hung up their, their, their fraud belts, if you will? Well, no. Uh, the resulting uh, consequence was an increase in new account and application fraud. Uh, it caused the explosion in synthetic ID. It caused uh, increases in fraud that we're seeing in the automotive industry, um, and now that we're seeing start to migrate into uh, to online leasing. So, certainly, uh, it's not going to get better or or go away or decrease. It's going to increase the sophistic sophistication of the tools uh, will in increase. Um, uh, but it's not all all dark news. Um, I think, as we mentioned earlier. There are some great uh, tools available today and technologies. There's great pre best practices. So again, I think uh, partnering with uh, a forward-thinking um, uh, company like MRI Software who uh, has an eye towards um, this market and, and working with folks like us, Experian, uh, to identify those trends be before they come uh, chronic and plan for those and bring those into the technology is, is a great, uh, great positive aspect that property managers can expect. And, and I would just reiterate that as uh, you look at your plans to uh, go online or if you're already executing uh, your online strategy, uh, you're just going to have to uh, keep an eye on, uh, again, the bad debt and understanding how much of that bad debt is related to fraud. And so uh, on the uh, plus ledger, uh, while we know, and, and Matt's done a good job of uh, 
given us some ideas of uh, what might could be out there right now and, and what might could be coming, uh, making sure that uh, you have the right tools and the partners to help you analyze your bad debt and understand uh, where it is that uh, the fraud is having an influence on that uh, because uh, that way uh, you can know uh, what you need to address. And so that's a very important piece of, uh, uh, of what's coming is just always being uh, watchful and taking full advantage of the technology and, uh, again, finding a, a, a good partner to, uh, to do that for you. Um, got lots of uh, things to keep an eye on, uh, lots of important uh, uh, business uh, uh, key performance indicators that you want to keep your uh, focus on, your bad debt, uh, your occupancy rates, and uh, by having your tenant screening provider uh, protect you and mitigate you against fraud is a very important piece of that. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank, thank you. you. My pleasure. And if you'd like more information on Experian, you can check out Experian.com. And Matt mentioned at one point their 2018 Global Fraud and Identity Report. We'll uh, provide a link to that in the show notes as well if you're interested. Uh, for everything building success, be sure to check out MRISoftware.com slash building success. And until next time, we will see you later.